It's the TX Water Polo Podcast, James Smith in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we have a story to tell about that, and Joe Linehan in San Antonio, Texas, and it's the end of the year, Joe. It's our extra- <laughs> extravaganza where we go over the, the top stories of the past year and uh, and do a little bit of forecasting, too, but um, how was your Christmas, Joe? It was great, and Merry Christmas to everybody, and Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. Um, just, yeah, just, yeah, just stay healthy out there. Ditto. Uh, it was. It's been a, the Christmas was really nice. Um, our plans to go overseas have obviously been changed, so we're back up in Santa Fe, which is lovely. Was snowing just a little bit earlier. I'm waiting for that to come back because I, I love the cold weather. And in Austin, it's supposed to be super hot right now. I don't like it. So, um, all right, Joe. 2021. It's uh, essentially over. When people are listening to this, it's going to be New Year's Eve essentially. So, um, let's go over uh, some of the top stories of this last year. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, top of my list, at least, and we can obviously we're going to have some debate about this. Is um, what I've, I'm calling sort of the return to normal, um, and that means it really means most of all that the calendar was back to something that approached a normal season. Of course, tournaments we had to wear masks, and the the way that we conducted things was different. Um, and but altogether, when you look back at the year, it's not as though that there was a real shortage of competition, and that includes both stuff that was just hosted in Texas and then national stuff that was hosted in Texas and so on. So that to me was maybe the top story of the year in some sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, we started off of 2021 with dare to dream, right? Yeah. In the middle of COVID, we still had dare to dream right down in, yeah, down, yeah, down in Houston. And it's, and then we built in, there was a, there was a spring high school season, which we didn't have the year before. Right. Right. And then obviously like, and obviously there was, there was the normal, kind of the summer events plus extra stuff that we'll talk about later. Um, and then we had our kind of our, we, we had, we had a ton of events this past fall with the ODP stuff too. And so, yeah, th- like 2021 was much more closer to normal than 2020. I, I just think it's almost like thematic, right? You, if you look back at what happened this last year, again, it, it feels like it was normal. Now at the time, again, you're sort of having to contend with these issues that you wouldn't have contended with in 2019. And uh, that's totally understandable. It's just, it just felt almost, it just felt normal, which was a, a relief in some ways. So, um, but we, you made reference to what may be, in, it's worth separating these issues, I think, or the, 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 the this, uh, this item, which is the summer of 2021 in the state of Texas was a big deal. Yeah. Congratulations to all the teams, kids and athletes, parents, and people that helped out the kids. The, yeah. The kids that played all the people that kind of helped host. There's a ton of stuff that happened in the summer of 2021 and bookended with some big events. First was the ODP regional that was in the, yeah, that was in San Antonio at the Northside uh, swim center. 
And then we, and then it ended with the session three of JOs up in, uh, up in North Texas. I mean, those type of events don't normally come to Texas and we stepped up as a community to make it happen and they happened. And I think we showed the country and ourselves that this is just the beginning, right? This is, this is, these are things that we can do. So, you know, we kind of busted out of our comfort zone and we just, we just kind of realized how much more that we can do moving forward. That's really the issue, uh, and and Masters Nationals, by the way, also. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about Masters Nationals. Sorry about the Masters. Community. No, it's no. I mean, it's really it's really an indicator, and what you got is feedback from you know clubs and from from uh, you know the community all throughout the country about like that was really good. Texas took care of business, and that is a bigger deal than I think might be given credit for because it's a bit of an abstraction. It's three months of stuff, but it really just demonstrated that uh, you know Texas is 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 growing up in some sense in this regard and is capable of doing these things that I think people were, had their doubts about. So it was a very, very telling summer for the state of Texas. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there was even some, uh, there was, there were some issues just talking with people in Texas about doing it. Yeah. Really? Are we really going to do this? That's right. Yeah. We're really going to do this. Well, is it, is it going to be able to, yeah, we had the most teams that competed at JOs ever this past summer in Texas. We had 60 teams, six, zero teams that competed at JOs. Our teams did a wonderful job at the, at the regional championship. We had a ton of teams playing at masters nationals. So, and congrats again, congratulations. I mean, we cannot have, again, I, I, I know you hate this thing, but it takes a village. There were a ton of people that stepped up and took part and and kind of did their part and it and it was definitely for the betterment of our uh, of the members in yeah in, in the zone and the clubs the teams and congratulations to all the clubs and teams that did take advantage of it too because you know it was there and there and it and it could easily be that you didn't have to go and kind of do it but there's a ton of teams that yeah that did step up and I'm very proud of each yeah, of all the teams that yeah yeah that played even if they only had one team at JOs so. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I agree with you about the notion that it's uh, that for teams in Texas, for clubs, that it was a really good uh, indicator of just what can be done. The feedback from from teams outside the state was like, can you I mean, of course, there's little incidents of J.O.'s that happen, you know, and but it had nothing to do with the fact that it was Texas hosting. I didn't hear a single complaint. I'm sure there are some. I just he- didn't hear any. It's like the teams from outside complaints. the state were, were very happy to come. I, yeah, and I think there was it was ninety eight percent of the people that came to JOs were very happy. I think ninety eight percent of the teams that came to Master Nationals, yeah, yeah, were happy. Right. I think, and I think it was ninety nine percent of the teams that went to the regional uh, tournament in San Antonio, they were extremely happy. Of course, there's always going to be some people that are a little upset, a little issue. Like back for the regional tournament in yeah, in San Antonio, we still had to deal with masks and. People had to walk here and people had to walk here. There were, yeah, there were still those issues. That was kind of the last event that we really had to deal with that. Yeah. With that sort of stuff. Um, and, but you know, Tony Plummer and his crew there did a great job of being the local host. And, um, we worked with the San Antonio sports to put on a great event there, but yeah, I mean, everybody was ecstatic about it. People want to come back and that's what we're trying to do is that's what we're trying to make Texas is, you know, we all know that California is currently the mecca of uh, of a water pole in our country. We want Texas 
to be the next Mecca. We yeah. want Texas to be as big and or better than California. And people are going to laugh kind of, kind of when they hear that out there. I'm not talking in a year or two. I'm talking in 10 years. Yep. We're going to slowly build to that. And that's, that's what right. we hope is going to happen. And I think we proved that this, yeah, that this summer that that can happen. So, yeah, this fits more into what we're going to look forward to this coming season, uh, summer. But this whole JO's session three thing in Texas, you, you know, it sort of makes you wonder whether that's going to be something like a permanent fixture. I'm, I'm totally speculating. You and I haven't talked about that, and uh, I haven't heard from anybody else, but it is, it's very fun to speculate about that. Let's that do it. A feature, yeah. Um, let's move on. Austin College, um, they had their most successful year ever, and I mean calendar year, so the, the, the spring of 2021, the women of Austin College finished the season ranked Number one in Division Three, they were tied with Cal Lutheran, by the way. But that, what, what the heck? You know, that's a great result. They went up to, um, I think they went up to um, Wisconsin and beat Wittenberg to win the Division Three CWPA Division Three Championships. This was a, this was a great result for that team. Um, it's it was somewhat expected. I remember talking to you before about you know their schedule and seeing you know who they're going to play, and I said you know there's perfectly good reason for them to go undefeated. They did. They did for the Division Three tournaments. Um, I don't, you know, not not entirely otherwise, but a great result for a young program. Yeah, and, it's, and I'm looking forward to this spring of 22. Completely. Of, of kind of of kind of seeing what they can do in the pool against the top teams out there. So. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. Um, the same, well, a similar result for Austin College um, men. They. They made it into the Division Three top ten poll for the very first time, and this is a full season competing against teams from all over the country of all different divisions. They uh, they were they finished or finished. They were ranked ninth in the Division Three poll in September for the first time, making cracking the top ten. And we're talking about teams you know that that we're well aware of, MIT and Johns Hopkins, and so on. These are teams that were very highly competitive. But again, the best result ever for this young program. And uh, one that indicates, you know, that they have a future. I think that uh, I spoke, you know, I have a little bit of insight about the recruiting and Holy Crow. This is a, this is a program on the rise. Like uh, it's, it's very, very satisfying to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just each and every year, just kind of getting better, you know, and that's what uh, Mark Lawrence and his crew has been doing. And that's just the sign of a strong coach and a strong program. Very much so. Um, let the, so hope to revisit that again. Um, there's a who's they're hosting a tournament in Dallas. The the men's team a year from now. Yeah, right. Yeah, the the the, the they had always intended to have a tournament at least uh, in Dallas, if not in actually Sherman, where they invite a bunch of teams from all over the country. That didn't happen because of COVID, but that's going to. I'm looking forward to that. Um, then, uh, Joe, you and I were knee deep in the high school season. We brought, did the streaming of the finals and all that kind of stuff. It was a very good season. Um, St. Mark's boys, um, in the end defeated Dawson pretty soundly in the final game, but what a fun season. St. Mark's played very well, but Dawson was, was really, really fun to watch. And it was a great final in that regard. Um, and then at the same, well, a weekend earlier, Flower Mound, their, their girls won state championship. And then 
I have to do a little shout out here. Cedar Ridge, which is a high school in Round Rock from my area, placed fifth. It was the best result for a West Region team in state championships. And I don't know how long, a long time. You you would probably know better than me since uh, it was probably since one of those San Antonio teams did really well. But a very fun high school season and the second to last one ever as a club sport. Yeah, and it's great. It's a testament to Tisca Water Polo Group, the, the elected, like the elected, like the Tisca Water Polo Board. Um, they came up with something that worked for everybody. You know, um, I don't think it was going to work with every with the thirty-two teams at one location. So they came up with two different weekends. They mm-hmm. were able to keep it to sixteen teams. So, and I think that that was something that was that was needed. I liked it. Um, since we didn't have it in twenty twenty. Um, I think they're going to go back to the 32 team one here again this uh, this upcoming spring. But um, I thought it was it was great. The only yeah the only thing that was not good about the state championships was our streaming. <laughs> no. Oh no no we got feedback about. It. Well no it was really good when we would hand it over to other people. That was excellent. Yeah, exactly. So but like um and but we tried to to stream it. We'll do it again this year and uh, you know but. Um, yeah, congratulations to, all, to all, all the teams that were able to compete last spring and kind of build this entire year and um, kind of and kind of go into. I mean, uh, another good high school thing that that yeah that went on in twenty twenty one is just is just the momentum's building. The momentum's building. Teams are like teams and school district coaches. It's just the amount of the education that's out there. The the amount of kind of of the momentum that is being. Uh, kind of generated for fall of 22 is just exciting. Yeah. And that's, just, that's, it just, just, just happens. So, and it's, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's uh that is, uh, it sort of segues a little bit into talking about this coming year. Um, the, one of the, I think one of the drawbacks of the past high school season was obviously that uh, the UIL season had to be delayed. It was intended to begin in the fall of 2021. And for perfectly reasonable reasons, it was delayed by a year. So you can all you can look at it uh, both ways. You can say, oh, "I'm just super excited about the fall of 2022," which both of us very much are. But of course, we sort of missed out on the fall of 2021, um, and again for perfectly good reasons. But that was a big big decision by UIL, um, and uh, it, it had its effects. But uh, I think that uh, this final Tisca season is going to be a very good launching pad into the fall of 2022. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of high school water polo. Um, but you know, 2022 is going to be a, uh, a very curious year. It's going to be a transition year from 2021, COVID getting out of that to 2023. So, and once we hit 2023, hopefully we're going to have a set schedule for years to come. But uh, it's I'm looking forward to all levels of water roll from high school to club to a bunch of little kids starting to play. It's going to be a lot of fun. So. Let's um, speaking of other sort of venues, the um, ODP had a change in this uh, the, the way that the the season is. In fact, in a cup, when is it? It's this coming weekend. They're going to be in Utah, but um, not they made some changes. Weekend, but, uh, the, in uh, uh, next weekend, that's so, right, the following weekend in Utah. Um, but big, you know, changes that were actually relatively big for um, ODP that took place this year, and it all in some ways it for Texas. One of the biggest deals was, of course, having hosting the regional championships in San Antonio, but also just programmatically, it was a change um, that. Uh, and you can explain really where the where that the genesis of those changes came from. No, I mean it's just I mean there's you know there's always a lots of feedback in, of which you were involved before you handed the torch off to, to Chris Collin, but you know 
it was all it was it used to be kind of a boy slate a girl slate chris cohen is it's all it's all under one slate now it's all kind of controlled they had a there was a lot of turnover on the coaching staff mm-hmm. the schedule was the biggest thing um, just getting just getting all the camps done in in, in september and october uh, allowing for some training prior to going to the like the utah trip over over thanksgiving weekend really allowed the allow the coaches to really see the athletes and kind of work with the athletes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, again, it goes back to what we first started talking about. It's a little bit more normal than the, yeah, than 2020. Right. Oh, for sure. So, um, and I, and, and I do believe that this was, this was very, very positive and each and every camp was full. Yeah. Very yeah. full, like full more than full. With, yeah. with a bunch of waiting lists. So yeah. uh, there is a need out there and, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a few little, kind of changes and tweaks here there for uh, 2022 and beyond. Looking forward to that very much. Um, There is lots to look forward to. I think we're done with talking about 2021 from the water polo perspective, although we didn't even talk about the Olympics, although that's a national issue really more than anything. But uh, for the state of Texas, those were the top stories. There's also a couple of other things that we wanted to talk about that we're looking forward to in 2022. What are yours, Joe? Obviously, you know, um, you know, we're all kind of curious on what the fall 22 uh, first UIL season is going to look like. That is it. You know, um, that is, that is, that is going to be teams like kind of what teams are going to be playing, you know, what schools aren't going to be playing, you know, um, how many, like kind of how many teams are going to be playing and then how are we going to build that in 2023 and beyond. But, you know, it's just, this is going to be, this is the grand experiment, right? So, um, it's going to be it's going to be fun between now and next August 1 kind of when it starts. I have picked your brain about this subject for some time and this to me is not it's not even close. Like this is the issue. Um this is going to be the final Tisca club uh, season coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's a it's a format that most people understand. I just think that the UIL is no, I don't think we actually sort of know what it's going to look like. I think we have a vague idea and obviously it's going to mimic what the the club season looked like, but I am and I don't mean this pessimistically. I just think that it's going to be very very interesting to see how it actually shakes out. I think it's going to change the sport somewhat in the state, but I don't know how. Like I I just don't know how. I mean, it's the format is something that I'm more accustomed to having Growing up in California, where you're playing Tuesday night games and so on in your league and so on, um, it's just going to have an effect on the way that the that high school water polo is played in in this state. And altogether, I am absolutely fascinated by how that's going to work to work out. Yeah, it's, it's it, I, again, it's to be determined, and I'm sure there'll be changes in 2023 based off of kind of what go. happened in 2022. Right, but um, but yeah, it's yeah, the landscape's going to be different, but I think it's going to be very positive. And, um, and I say positive, it's not that what the, like the Tisca water polo season has been negative. No, it's just going to be positive because it is going to be like the volleyball. It is going to be like other sports. So, you know, like the, like the principals and the admin and the other students are going to be able to reach out and touch water polo. It's going to be something tangible. It's going to be a UIL sanctioned sport. Right. You know, when there are some schools out there that, that, are that already treat water polo as a full, uh, full functioning varsity sport. Um, but you know, this is going to just, this is going to lift everybody. And, I think so. Yeah. And, and I think the long-term ramifications of that are huge. 
That's the key to me is long-term because you could see that this coming and you, we're going to find out, you know, within a couple months about who is playing in the, in the fall of 2022, you could see there being a bit of a knock like that, that, that there might be fewer teams than we would want. But I am fully convinced that that's temporary. Like I'm completely convinced that that's temporary. So um, that's again, what is going to be fascinating about the coming next year, uh, next couple years really of UIL water polo. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, but I'm also looking forward to the 50th season of Tisca Water Polo this spring. Oh, yeah, that's such a good show. I mean, this is going to be the last kind of quote unquote club water polo season for the school year. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun because you're, you're going to have those like the 32 teams this yeah, state tournament. Um, we're going to get to do kind of two seasons of like the spring of Tisca season, the fall 22 season of like the top offensive players, the top. Like, like like our, our top rankings. So this is, I'm excited for the seniors that may have missed a season to play there. Yeah. To get, get to play their final season. Totally. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a, a lot of fun to see who kind of comes out on top. That's the high school season that we're looking forward to in 2022, but what else? There's some other items that are of, uh, of note. Wouldn't you say Joe? Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just in general, we're going to have two tags, uh, championships, which which is because we have the two high school seasons, which is also going to allow those clubs who during a high school season tend to have an opportunity to focus on the on the 14s, 12s, and 10s. You know that opportunity to now now we have two timeframes to focus on the younger kid, which is only going to help with the long term of viability of, of water polo in Texas and the and the Southwest Zone. And then also, you know, um, you mentioned it before, or we already mentioned it, but you know the Austin College, the girls. I hope they go win the national championship this upcoming spring. I hope nice. the boys get into the top twenty for the like 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 of all NCAA water polo this yeah this next fall. And then you know it's just it's gonna it's gonna there's a ton of tournaments a, like a ton of stuff. So everybody just get ready for for twenty twenty two. It's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of content coming up, and we're going to talk about it all year long, whether you like it or not. Okay, Joe, um, we'll be back in a moment. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising-free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warflow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. It's James and Joe. It's the final TX Waterpolo podcast of the year 2021. A mixed year. Not a great year. Uh, not at all. Um, but still stuff worthy of, uh, of reviewing. We just went over a bunch of stuff that took place in the state of Texas, which was, it was funny. I mean, the year wasn't that great overall, but for the state of Texas and Waterpolo, it was actually a pretty seminal uh, year. Uh, I think we covered that in detail. But what else, Joe, have you been able to consume? Now, 
we've, uh, we're, we're ignoring the elephant in a room, which is that you have a child now, which has changed your, your uh, which really changed the amount of time that you have that's free. But what, ha- like, for example, did you get a chance to watch any movies this year? Yeah, I mean, I have not been to a movie since March, or actually probably February of 2020. All right, that counts. And and I'm a big movie guy. I like movies. I like the whole thing of going to the movies. Obviously, with COVID, you know, they shut down. And once they opened back up, I just didn't go. The summer was busy. And then, of course, I kind of had a kid. So the logistics of going to a movie is kind of hard there. But, you know, there's a lot of movies that came out at home and stuff like that. So, um so kind of kind of some of the better movies out there with with no specific kind of kind of order here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dune was great. Oh, you saw it. OK, I didn't know that. I, I do have HBO Max. So oh, there you go. Oh, oh. Um, got it. So yeah. I saw Dune, which is great. And that was and I'm looking forward to Dune part two, hopefully. That's what um, I hear a lot of people saying like that's what it's they're already excited about the next one. There was a Netflix movie called The King that came out in earlier in 2021, which was great. Um, and then um, what was that? Mo- it was just it was uh, it was about the medieval times, oh, all right. England versus France and stuff like that. So, cool. and then there was a Amazon Prime movie called Oh Without Without Remorse, which is a Tom Clancy kind of a book from a long time ago. And the reason I like that movie is because I read that book about five times. <laughs> You know, when I right. was a kid, and I was a huge Tom uh, and, and a huge Tom uh, Clancy guy. But those are kind of like my top little movies. I mean, there was some other good stuff out there. You know, there was um, the Tomorrow War was good. The Red Notice. These are all just the movies that were coming out on streaming. They're good and bad, and but nothing really gr- super duper great was out right. in 2021. Of course, I just watched less movies. So yeah, well, that is the issue, and that which is just telling because I'm going to talk about just one movie which we went and actually saw in a theater. I'm not a big movie guy. Um, I, uh, the saving grace for movies is the uh, Alamo Cinema Draft House here in Austin. And I know now it's all over the country, but at least you can sit there and have a beer, or, you know, eat food or whatever while you're watching the movie. I absolutely love that part. My family's big into it as well. Um, we saw the French Dispatch about six weeks ago. And uh, it's fun because we watch it as family and then we get in the car and then we all, you know, rag on each other for the reasons that we liked it or we didn't. It is, it is a, in my mind, the storyline is actually semi-mediocre, but it is amongst the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Like somatic, cinematically, it is stunningly beautiful. I'm, I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, yeah, the story's okay, but this just looks incredible. So I think uh, I think that fits with other critiques as well, and I and I I'm uh, gratified to know that my artist daughter believes the same thing. She just thought it was fantastic that way. But yeah, of course, just you know, you definitely list a movie that probably five people have watched in the United States. So there you go. I don't think it's five. I think it's more than that. <laughs> Seven to nine people. Hey, the so, theater but, was uh, uh, the theater was not. I wouldn't say it was packed, but there's plenty of people. And I like Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. I know that. I do too. It's just I haven't seen this movie. And there's a lot of movies I haven't seen that we'll get into a, a little bit later. Stuff that we haven't seen that we're going to watch in 22. But it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, yeah, life priorities changed a little bit in 2021 for me. So did you get a chance to watch any TV or read books? What other f- cultural stuff was worthy of uh, of mention? Well, books was uh, I have read a ton of of children's books parenting now. books or children's and books or i both. did read a couple parenting books i don't know if i read them i kind of flipped <laughs> Maybe, through them right and it was like i'll read that a little bit later but then the kid came a little bit early but 
but you know some tv shows that i've kind of watched you know i started off the year like uh like steph and i we watched uh the flight attendant which was on i think it was hbo max and that was that was a great show that was with kaylee kuko from uh from uh the big bang theory mm-hmm. so that was a limited series i don't think i i definitely love the limited series where you can watch it i agree completely but um i mean i recently kind of got into i was kind of so many people were saying it was so awesome that i had to watch it and i kind of got into it uh, and i and i haven't got through it yet but the show yellowstone Mm. you know it's and it's good it's good there are there are people out there that said it was better than game of thrones i don't think that's the case but you know it's a great it's a great show i think i'm at the end of at the end of season three or something like that but it's that's definitely kind of kind of a good show and obviously i did watch squid game just because it was out there and i and i needed to know kind of what was going on there what is going Um, on that was that was a south korean uh kind of a show that it was it was one of the top kind of movies on kind of netflix and it was it was trending for a long time there, and it was an ultra-violent movie on on Netflix, so or an ultra-violent TV show on Netflix. So there you go. That's then of course you got, and then and then you got like you know the um, like the uh, what's it called um like the other shows like you know on Disney Plus like you know Loki and WandaVision. I think I watched a few of the episodes of those and. I think I watched a few of the episodes of uh, of the Hawkeye one. I, I haven't got through any of them, but Dodger, Dodger, that's kind of what I watched a little bit in 2021. So here's how bad I am at this. Look, first of all, we watched the British Baking Show. I had, I think people have very mixed reactions to that, but five people watch that. So not on. true at all. I hear about that, and I listen to a ton of podcasts, and they all make mention of it. So it's not like I'm alone on that. It's a. Uh, it's charming. We'll put it that way. It's very charming. It's it's a you know why it's charming in the sense that it's not um you know the American competitive shows or you know everybody's got to talk smack and you can just know they're all full of it like they don't actually mean what they say and then whether it's contrived or not in the in British baking show it's that everybody's super supportive of one another it's very cool you would like it that way I don't think you would like the content so much but um and then watched and then the other thing is uh, we watched an Israeli show. That was really good. And then guess what? I don't even remember what it's called. So that's how invested I get into these things. Um, I'm going to have to sign off here in a moment. So we'll go very quickly. One book that I read this year and that I'm still reading is called Christianity by Dermot McCullough. It is enormous. It's like 1,200 pages. I have learned so much. It's incredible. It's called Christianity, I think, the first 3,000 years. So it's like a history treatise, which is very, very interesting. But, man, it's uh, taken me forever to do that. Um and then there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, I, I'm sure both of us kind of missed in 2021. Like I know I haven't seen the new James Bond movie, Matrix, right. Spider-Man, stuff like that, but I'll, I'll eventually get to it. So. Yeah. Um, real quick. I have best and worst thing about 2021. The worst is again, less travel. I think I said the, th- the, the same thing last year. Um, and then Joe, the best thing about 2021, three words, McCoy, Patrick, Linehan. Congratulations you to you and yeah, Steph. That is, yeah, that is that is the best thing. And, and on some nights, it's also the worst thing, but that's yeah, okay. Exactly right. But, I will um, also, but, yeah. No, but I mean, thank you for everybody for that has kind of sent their well wishes via emails, calls, text. I mean, it's been great. The water polo community's come out and has and has been has been very supportive. And hopefully we'll get McCoy 
out there playing water polo in the Dare to Dream event you in better about, be left-handed. About, about seven or eight years. That's I don't right. care. That's right. I don't left-handed. care if he's left-handed. <laughs> um, I will also make quick mention, I don't, ter- I don't bring up my family a whole lot in here. My daughter was admitted to Hamilton College. I'm extraordinarily proud of her. Very, very proud of her. She's been a, just a delight, especially during COVID when she's been at home a lot of the time. And I'm going to miss her terribly a year from now when she's off at college. But it is extremely exciting. And uh, she has basically accomplished the things she's wanted to do. So I'm very, very pleased about that and grateful for that. What I'm looking forward in 2022 is, Joe, she might be in London for a while. Might be overseas for a bit. So there you go. Might That might be something to look forward to. And then you can go visit her. I will hopefully go visit her. We got to run. Time is running out. People are at my house. You've got a child. It's time to get out of here. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you so much for supporting us, even just by listening, but obviously those who have also contributed financially. It's been yet another great year for us in the podcast, and obviously for for, uh, a lot of personal reasons, including uh, somebody named McCoy. Uh, But thank you very much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care, everybody, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. All thank you who've done so, so far. And uh, with that, until next week, so long from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So this is the new year. I don't feel any different.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.